Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here, and I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. And this is our 100th episode, and I'm very excited to have Dove Barron on today. This is one of our few repeat guests that we've had on our show. We're going to have a quick little reminder. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. 40 Strategy inspires leaders to grow their company to start up to 40 million and beyond by designing world-class strategic plans and help keeping them accountable to get a gun. Go to 40strategy.com to learn more. And we also want to thank you to our listeners for your support to helping us become one of the top global podcasts. And to help us continue to get there, please go on and rank our podcasts on your favorite podcast platform. Most of our extraordinary guests come through referral and their marketing team asking them to actually come on to our podcast. Things have changed a lot since we went from episode number one to episode 100. And 2023 is going to be an amazing year. And look forward to hearing your feedback on that. So with that, we, we will repeat a bit of, Dove, even though we had you on just a few episodes back, but you've been twice named to the list of the world's top 30 global liter- leadership gurus. I think that's three times now, actually, because I think you just five times. Whoa, five times been named to that. Thank you for correcting that. You've been presented to companies and organizations around the world, including the United Nations, Department of State. You have helped out with multiple different branches of military, servant leadership, and you have a focus on human behavior and neuroscience, which makes you the leading authority on emotional source code and the anatomy of meaning. He has plenty of books we'll talk about, but we won't talk about a whole bunch today because we have something even more exciting we're going to share with you. Go to dovebaron.com to learn more about him. And Dove, welcome to the Measures podcast once again. Thank you, Carl. Pleasure to be here. Really honored to be back and certainly honored to be episode 100. Ladies and gentlemen, drum roll, please. That's great, mate. Thank you. Absolutely. We, as I said, we made, want to make sure you were the one to be on our hundredth and super excited about that. This is going to be airing. So Keep in mind for those, we usually have a little bit of lag from record to let go, but this is going to be released in early 2023. And what we want, like everybody does this time of year, is it's a bit of renewal. Like it's kind of a chance to 2022 happen, to my previous life happened. Now I need to look ahead at 2023 because I have a chance to restart. Mm -hmm. And so I asked Dove today of... What things can our listeners think about from a leadership perspective? If you're a leader, what can you do personally to have an amazing impact on your business through making personal changes in your life? So that's the, the topic today. And this is going to be a lot of listen to Dove, but also we're going to, like always, we're going to have this be an interactive conversation based on what you're saying. So let's and I don't need to leave it to three. Three is the easy number. Sure. But but let's start with number one. If somebody is looking ahead and they're like, okay, I need to, I need to restart because I did about 32% of what I thought I was going to do last year. I was an okay husband, a decent dad in my business. Well, it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So here we are, right? That's t- pretty typical, right? Pretty typical issue hmm. of, of your ordinary business leader, right? In a current situation. What do they do? Number one, what's the first thing they need to do, right? When you're thinking into setting it, setting new ideas, concepts for who you want to be next, this upcoming year. So of course it's, th- thanks for asking. Cause it's a huge, huge question. Because there's a, the number one thing you've got to start by doing is an evaluation. And, and the evaluation has to be yours, not anybody else's. So a lot of the time you're beating the snot out of yourself because you're holding a, an evaluation that's not even your own. So you're like, well, why didn't I do 20 million this year? You know, we only did 15. And, you know, well, did you spend any time with your kids? Yeah, well, you know, well, you know. Where, where are the priorities? Whose value system are you running? Whose priority system are you running? So that's number one. Before you go anywhere, here's the thing I want you to do. And I'm going to give you as a simple exercise to do. Write down the top most important things in your life. The, write down 10, 15, 20, write as many as you like. Don't stop yourself. Write them down. Then when you wrote them down, they're all down, whatever you think they are. If you got three, you got 50, it doesn't matter right? Just write them down. I would like you to get at least 10, but just keep writing them down and then walk away. Walk away. Come back even a couple hours later or a day later or whatever it might be and take a look at that list and go, okay. So the first thing to realize is that oftentimes the most important one is not at the top. This is not, it's just not how brain works. Okay. So now we look through it and we go, okay, if I had to break this down, what would be my top 10? Okay. And again, work out your 10, walk away again, come back again. Okay. If I had to break this 10 into five, what would it be? And then you got your five and you go, okay, if I only get to do, if I only get to throw one of these off the list, what's the one that says I have to throw it off the list. I'm left with four and you break it down that way. You keep going. Well, if there's now there's three, now there's two, now there's one. So now you've got the right order. So that's great. Now you say, okay, so if these are my five things, let's see if it's real. Whether it's real present tense or whether it's real past tense or whether it's real future tense. So in past tense, you look at it and you say, all right, if this is really my top five, how much time did I spend on each one of these by proportion? So I spent most of my time on, on the fifth one and least of my time on number one you know that you've actually not got your values straight yet. It doesn't mean the order's wrong. It means the priorities are wrong. Now, the order is likely to be absolutely right, but the priorities are wrong. And the reason your priorities are wrong is because you've likely taken on somebody else's evaluation of who you're supposed to be and the priorities of what you're supposed to be. Because let's face it, you're supposed to be everything to everyone all the time. And it's not possible. It's not possible. So, Here's what I want you to do in getting that list is understand you are going to disappoint people. Just don't disappoint the people who matter most. If you're married and you have kids, don't disappoint them. You're going to, but don't set that out. It's better to disappoint a partner or a business. You know, like, hold on. Like if, you want, if you want your kids to, to have a great dad or a great mom or whatever it is, are you in shape? Are you taking care of yourself? You say, oh, well, health's a high priority for me. Well, how much time did you spend working out this last year? Oh, you know. is it even falling to the top five? No. Well, then 
that's not true histrionically. Can it be true in the present and can you move it into the future? Then you put all that into your calendar. So this is very powerful. It's one thing I'm giving you here. This is the first thing, but it's incredibly in-depth and powerful. So highest values, time spent, and then moving it off the conceptual into the factual by putting it in your calendar and going, okay, if I'm going to work out, the only time I can do it is 7 a.m. So I'm going to get my ass out of bed and I'm going to be at the gym by 7 a.m. I've got to be there. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means I have to be in bed at a reasonable hour because I got to get sleep. So I got to stop messing around on my phone, checking Instagram or whatever it is and doing that or TikTok and go, okay, this is, I went in bed. So that is my number one starting place for anybody, for myself, for you. I do it every year. And by the way, it's never perfect. So give yourself room for that. If, recognize you're going to disappoint people. Just don't disappoint the, right, the wrong people. I, want, I loved what you said there. But let me ask a question, because I think one of the things that drives me batty. Good. Okay. Is when people say you need to be balanced. Oh, it's bullshit. Thank no you. Such thing. Thank you. Okay. So now we got that yeah. out of the way, right? Yeah. It's so absolutely let's impossible. just be clear. Yeah. Let's just be clear. You need to recognize that you're aspiring to something that resembles balance, but is not balanced. And so everybody is out of balance all the time. That that's the laws of nature. Everybody is out of balance all the time. You have to decide how far out of balance you can go and what you're choosing to be out of balance of. So for instance, if I'm writing a new book, I'm going to be out of balance with everything except writing that new book for a period of time because everything is going to go into that. If your kid gets sick, you're going to be out of balance with everything except for taking care of your kid. That's not bad. That's priorities. So you understand that you can't have a highly priority-driven life and be imbalanced. It's bullshit. It's some new age concept which you get to beat the snot out of yourself for. Forget it. Throw it out of the window. What you want is to aspire to make sure that you are living your life in alignment with your values of what matters most. And when I say values, I want to be really clear, not the values they gave you. Oh, well, you know, family matters most and church matters. And does it? I don't know. Does it? I mean, maybe it does, but does it? Like ask yourself, are you, are you courageous enough to ask yourself the question, does that really matter to me? Or is that my mom's idea or my dad's idea or my pastor's idea or my somebody else's idea? What matters to me? Remember, a lot of those things are obligations and traditions and obligations and traditions are nothing more than peer pressure given to you by dead people. <laughs> Sorry, that was a great quote. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so let's go along this thread a little bit more of, once again, I'm, I'm going to hit a touch on the balance thing again, which we both agree doesn't exist. And it's interesting. I just literally am working on my first book again and totally whacked out of balance. Okay, so I was a, uh, a nightmare, right, for everyone around me for about two weeks, maybe more, depending on who was evaluating that. Thank you. Sarah, my wife and kids for, for dealing with me or my, my apologies is maybe the right thing to say. Right. So interesting. If you look at a typical day and let's just go in a typical day of an executive, right? You wake up, 
you try to do some type of reading, some type of thing to get you going. Ideally, you're working out sometime in the morning. You maybe kiss your spouse in the cheek as you walk out the door. You head in. You're actually working now. Let's just argument sake say you're working start at 8, 8.30. You're putting in your 6 to 6.30. You come home. You have dinner, hopefully, with your family. Maybe not. Maybe you're going to a sporting event or not afterwards. By the time you actually have a authentic conversation with the people you care about, you're exhausted right at the end of, of the day. And then maybe you don't even, you know, because you've dealt with all these things throughout. So let's just let's just touch on that for a minute, right? Here you say and you believe that your significant other that you're living with is the most important person that needs to be your number one. And you I'm look sorry, back, I'm laughing because it's so funny. It yeah. really is funny because everybody says that. Yeah. And and so few people have that as a priority. Oh, exactly. That's what we're going to get. High value, but not a high priority. If those two things are not in sync, you, you're full of shit. Sorry. That's a technical term. You can look it up. It's in psychology journals. <laughs> full of shit. <laughs> and, uh, so once again, I agree. It's humbling, right? Because it is. Right. We say this one thing, we're another. So how do we help this executive who doesn't really want to get divorced? Let's just, for argument's sake, say they're married to their significant other. Okay. But they look back and they recognize, wow, I've had very few deep conversations with that most important person that I said was most important coming into next year. Mm -hmm. How do I change that habit now that all of a sudden I'm having meaningful thoughtful conversation and still recognizing it's not from a balanced perspective. It's not going to be the most amount of time in my life. Right. No. All right. So how do we change, how do we change that? So uh, my wife and I actually run a relationship program, a private relationship program that we have executive couples who fly in to do with us. And they spend a few days with us in blocks of time. And it's pretty intense. So oftentimes it's really interesting. We used to run public seminars on this program. And we'd have newlyweds. That means they were five years or under been together and people who are older, right? And then we'd say, okay, so put your hand up if you've been married more than 20 years. And people, okay, put your hand up if you've been married less than five or less. Okay. So we're going to play the newlywed game where we want one couple from each side. So they come up and the men would turn their backs to the women and blah, blah, blah. And we just, play, it was a fun game. And we'd say, what color are your wife's eyes? And the couple who've been married for 20 odd years, so he might say brown. Right. And she'd write down what it is and he'd say brown. Go, okay. What does yours say? Hazel. It's not brown. It's hazel. He goes, well, it's a shade of brown. No, it's hazel. And then he asked a couple who've only been together five years. What color your wife's eyes? Hazel. Oh, hazel. So what's the difference is that we start taking things for granted. It's human condition. We start taking things for granted. So when we take things for granted, there's an assumption that we can deal with it later. And that's when those conversations don't happen. We can deal with it later. So one of the things that we say to couples is this, you need to sit down once a week and, and I need you to score me. How did I do as a husband this week? How did I do as a partner this week? Not just a husband, but a partner. You know, and I'm, I'm speaking as if you're a male, right? Forgive me. But how did I do as a husband this week? How did I do as a partner? And what can I do better? Right? 
Now, this is not a wish list of crazy shit. This is realistically, what can I do better? Right? And then, what haven't I talked to you about that you want to talk to me about? Because if I'm really busy, I'm probably sending a signal that I'm too busy to talk about that at this time. And you say, well, I've tried to bring it up with you, but you're always going on, but I'm exhausted right now. So now this is a Sunday and we're sitting down. I'm going, okay, so what haven't I told you about that you really want to talk about? You may be surprised that the answer might be divorce. And I want you to be prepared for that. Because most guys, research done in the early 2000s, 60% of men whose wives asked for divorce were surprised, shocked. When they asked their wives, and when they were asked, why are you shocked? I had no indication. I thought everything was great. I was bringing home the bacon. We got a new house. We just had the pool fixed, blah, blah, blah. When I asked the wife, why did you ask for divorce? I've been telling him about this for five years. He just keeps ignoring me. Keeps putting it off. It's not the signals are not there. It's just that you're walking around with blinkers on. And you're, and you're running a system about what a good relationship is that's got nothing to do with your partner's eval. So you're going, I'm a great partner because I, you know, bring on the bacon. Well, I don't, I don't, I'm kosher, mate. I don't eat pig. Right? So why are you bringing on the bacon? <laughs> don't care. Right? Don't care. What matters to me is affection, is love, is attention, is deep, intimate conversations. So we've got to be willing to be courageous enough to ask the questions about whether we are, A, prioritizing our lives right, and be willing to ask this most important person, where am I failing? Like, if hold on a second. If you want to be, you know, you want, you, you're, let's say you're the CEO, right? Aren't you going to sit down with your execs and say to them, listen, you're not, you're not pulling your socks up here? This is not working. Of course you are. And if you've got a really good leader, they'll come to you and go, listen, boss, where am I not doing great? Where do I need to pick up my game? Well, if you do that in the office, why wouldn't you do that in your relationship? I say to my wife often, how, how am I scoring on communication lately? Right? And you know why I ask? Because I know I'm failing. I go, you know, tell me how I'm doing on communication lately. And she go, well, generally pretty good but when it came to that you were kind of shit i went yeah i knew that yeah thanks for letting me know how can i do this better mm. and she'll never ask my wife never asked me to change that's one of our guiding principles of our relationship she just go well who do you want to be mm. is that who you want to be yes. i go no she goes okay so what would you do if, you, if this is who you want to if you want to be that person what would you do of course i've got the answer she goes well how are you going to do that you're not telling me to change a damn thing. So this takes courage. So now imagine that you've set the priorities. We did that part one, right? So you've got the values and the priorities. So you've got, here's what's important. Here's the time I'm putting into them. Here's the commitment to that. It's not about balance. It's about my life, my way. Okay. In, in accordance with the people that I love and connect to. In other words, I'm not setting out to disappoint the people that matter most. And then I'm going, okay, what kind of partner am I as part two? What kind of partner am I? How am I being that partner versus the idea in my head of what I think I am? Let me get you to check it. Notice both of these things have a lot of courage in them because you're, you will have to push your ego to decide to go, I'm the best. I'm great. Now, the truth is we all know you're not. I know I'm not. 
we all have the little voice of doubt in our head, but we want to plaster over it with the success and with the diamond necklace. I mean, I had a client who went out and bought his wife a $40,000 diamond ring for an anniversary present. Wow. He could have just as easily spent that on the divorce. Now, what I mean by that is, <laughs> what, I, what I mean by that is, the marriage is done. Mm. And he's trying to repair it with a 40,000 diamond ring. And I know the marriage is done. Mm. He knows the marriage is done. His wife knows the marriage is done, but she's not going to say no to 40K worth of a diamond. Why would she? Yeah. And I'm like, you're a schmuck. You got to stop doing this stuff. This is not working. She doesn't care about that. What she cares about is you showing up. So this is, this is if you notice, the common theme here is courage. Mm. Where you are failing in your life comes down to some, some very basic things. And one of them is courage. Do you have the courage to look in the mirror and tell yourself the truth? Not the truth you'd like to hear, not the truth you'd prefer to hear, but the large T truth. That's hard. That sucks. So that's number two. That is, so number one we have is prioritize and determine what's those support. Take time. I think it's important thing to say, take time to figure that out. Don't try to just do this in 25 seconds and think you got to figure it out. Give it a little Don't time. Don't try to and do it in 25 minutes. It's going to yeah. take, yeah. give yourself a couple of weeks, like on a Sunday for an hour or two, mm -hmm. right? For a couple of weeks and just sort of let yourself marinate in it because you'll find you're lying to yourself. It's not because you're an ass. It's just what we do, yeah. right? We're self-protective. Yeah. But when you do it, it's like, okay, yeah. All right. This has not really been the priority. And then if, if, and then in relationships, like, so you do this one, like I said, with your partner, but let's say you're not married or you're not in a relationship. Mm -hmm. What is your most important relationship? How are you showing up in that? Mm -hmm. So maybe you're a divorcee and maybe you've got kids. Well, how are you showing up as a dad or a mom? maybe you've got none of that going on. What's your most important relationship? Is it your mom, your dad? Is it your best friend? What is it? How are you showing up in that relationship? Really? Because one of the great questions to ask yourself there is, does this person really know me? Mm. You know, we've all read the leadership stuff. And again, you know, this will help you in leadership. If you want to be a better leader, you have to be vulnerable. But everybody thinks that vulnerability is either this thing to avoid like the plague or it's permission to go emotionally vomit on people. It's neither of those things, please. Right? I do not have any time for you emotionally vomiting on me. And I have no time for you being walled off. I need you to be real with me and to be truthful with me, which includes your insecurities. I'll tell you mine. Because real relationship, like we talked about last time, trust is built on vulnerability. And vulnerability has to be reciprocal. If it's not reciprocal vulnerability, you don't have a relationship. You have somebody has power. That's why we don't trust vulnerability because it's not reciprocated. So you measure it out, you give enough of it, and you pay attention. That's probably why your partner might not be happy with you because they're, they're being vulnerable and you're not reciprocating because you're too busy or too tired. Yeah, yeah. They don't so, trust you anymore, so they're ready to go. That's right. So I love this. So you have one, two is courage to ask for, regard, once again, I love that too. It's, it's regardless of who it is, right? To have the courage to truly ask, how am I doing? And then 
to self-recognize what I need to do and, and wh who do I want to be again, right? Because there's this being, there's this concept of the doing and the being side. Yeah. But what's interesting is being is, is doing at the same time, right? It's a little dichotomy. I feel there is in this aspect of like, you know, if you aren't. It's evidence. Uh, yes, it's evidence. Being is Thank the you. evidence. It's yes. the it, it's it's the evidence of my wanting to be, right? Uh, yeah. My wanting to be doesn't matter anything if there's no evidence of it. Well, I want to be a kind person, but I'm an ass. Well, then you don't really want to be a kind person. You just want to be an ass because that's how you're doing. Okay, that's fine. I'm not here to judge that. It's fine if that's your choice. And again, we're back to part one, which is now you're feeling enormous amounts of pressure because you say I want to be a good person, but I keep acting like an ass. So now I'm now I'm I'm acting like an ass, but I feel bad about it. Well, don't feel bad about it. That's the simple answer. And if you want to feel bad about it, that you can do that too. Just continue doing what you're doing. Or you can say, I don't want to be an ass and I don't want to feel bad about it. So I'm going to do something else. Those are the only options you got. That's it. Take your pick. Nothing else. But well, you know, there's, it is, there is other things. There's priorities and these things. Are going, no, no. You're an ass. You're not an ass. Your evidence is how you are behaving. I want to be a loving husband then be a loving husband but I can't, I'm too busy. Then you've got to change something. All right. Or so here, uh, yeah, this is, so number three. So what's number three? So what do we go next after we've taken these two big steps? So we, so in, in those things, we've got the courage of self-evaluation, the courage of allowing others to evaluate you. Now, the third one is right over my shoulder. It's right there. It's my religion, which is stay curious. If you really, really want to succeed in your life, and when I say your life, I mean everybody of life, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your finances, whether it's your business or your leadership, you have got to stay curious. And I know you, as you listen to this, you probably think you are a pretty curious person. And that's fine. And you might be in certain areas. But where are you not? Where are you not? Where do you assume? So you're not curious. So I say, do you love your wife? And you go, yeah, of course. And I go, why is it? Of course. And they go, because, you know, we've been married for 15 years and blah, blah, blah. You go, that's got nothing to do with anything. I know people who've been married 40 years who are miserable. What's that going to do with it? Do you love your wife? Yeah. How does, does she know? Yeah. How does she know? Well, I, I buy things and I keep house and I treat her well. How does she know? Have you asked her? Have you gone home and asked the question, how do you know I love you? Because I have an assumption you know I love you. So I ask my wife, at least every couple of days, how do you know I love you, babe? Hmm. And sometimes she goes, I don't today. Sometimes she says, I don't right now. And I go, is that me or you? And sometimes she goes, it's me. I'm just in a shitty place or, you know, I'm just feeling low or whatever it is. And sometimes she goes, well, because I haven't seen you all day. You've been locked away in your office and I haven't seen you and we haven't spoke. Okay. Like it's not, it doesn't have to be major. It's not saying, oh my God, we're going to get a divorce. But becoming curious about what you assume 
Become curious about what you believe. Many years ago, in a, one of our private trainings for high-level executives, very challenging program we used to do for seven days. And one of the questions is, I would say, put your hand up if you are a person of faith. doesn't matter what faith is, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, I, I don't care, whatever it is. So I put it hand up. I go, okay, are you willing for me to challenge you on? If you're up, keep your hand up. So one guy keeps his hand up. There's other people, but one guy. I pick him out. I go, okay, Frank, what's your faith? He said, Catholic. I said, okay, I'm going to ask you some questions, but I need to give you sort of a pre-understanding. And he goes, what? I said, I have no interest in talking you out of your religion. I said, I have no interest in that whatsoever. Whatever your faith is, I'm good with that. In fact, I'd like to support you in it, whatever it is. Whether I agree with it or not, disagree with it, is irrelevant. I want to support you. He goes, okay. I go, good. I said, so what religion are you? He goes, Catholic. I said, why? Because what do you mean? Why? Why are you a Catholic? He goes, because I am. I go, that's not an answer. Why are you a Catholic? Catholicism is a belief system. Why are you a Catholic? He goes, well, I go to church every Sunday. I go, well, if I park a Ford in a Ferrari garage, does that make me a Ferrari? He goes, no. I said, well, you park yourself in the church on Sunday. doesn't make you a Catholic. Why are you a Catholic? He goes, well, you know, my mom and dad are Catholic. I'm from a Catholic family. I said, oh, so you fell out of a Catholic vagina and you had a sperm donor as a Catholic. That makes you a Catholic. <laughs> he goes, no. I go, then what? And I keep going at him like this. And I can see him getting mad. <laughs> and I said, again, I'm reminding you, I'm not trying to, to in any way disrupt your belief in what you believe. I'm just trying to find out about it. Anyway, he ends up quite pissed off at me, which is fine. About six weeks later, I'm walking down Robson Street, which is the main shopping street in the city I live in, and I see him coming towards me. And I think, oh, I wonder how this is going to go, because it didn't look too good at the end of the last conversation I had. And I say, hey, Frank, how you doing? Hey, oh, Dove. And he comes up and he gives me a big hug. And I, he's, he's, I said, how are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm so good. And blah, blah, you know, it's so great to see you. And I'm like, and I said to him, well, I got to tell you, that's a surprise. And he goes, why? I said, well, last time I spoke to you, you didn't seem like I was your favorite person. He goes, oh, you weren't. He goes, I was royally pissed with you. I said, what about now? He goes, he says, now? And he stops and he pauses and looks me in the eyes. I go, he says, I really want to thank you. And I said, why is that? He goes, because now I'm a Catholic. Hmm. See, all I'd done was made him look at what you say is true versus what is true. That's all. I, I have no interest in changing his belief system, but having him see if it's actually his is a different thing. So getting curious about what it is you believe, and I'm not just talking about faith. Like, What do you believe about the economy? What do you believe about climate? What do you believe about politics? What do you believe about, you know, well, I'm a Republican. Why? Well, I've come from a long line of Republicans. Okay. They come from a long line of inbred Jeds. Does that mean you should play banjo? <laughs> no, of course not. It's ridiculous. Right? So it's like being willing to question what it is you assume about another. Get deeply curious about that. And be willing to be deeply curious about yourself and what it is you believe. In fact, I will go as far as to say to you, and if you, you can look at this on my website where I talk about what it really means to be a deeply connected self-leader, you have to be willing to ask yourself the, the hardest 
hottest of questions, right? You have to be willing to ask those questions. So until you can stop and say, is this true or is this what I've been holding as truth? And so what I say to people all the time is, you'll never reach that level of, we we'll use the term enlightenment, but it's not really enlightenment. But if you, you'll never reach that level of under self-understanding, that level of self-knowledge until you're willing to question everything you think is true. Everything. You think the economy works this way? It doesn't. How do I know? Because there's nuances to it you can't possibly know. You think religion works this way? It doesn't. There's nuances to it you don't even know. You think marriage works this way? It doesn't. If you and I go out into the street, into the mall and say, you know, what percentage of people are married? Are divorced in the first time? Divorced. What percentage of people get divorced? They go, well, about 50%. That's actually not true. It's lower than that. It's about 42%. Okay. So I go, okay. So is that the divorce numbers? If I tell you that it's 42, oh yeah. No, it's not. That's not the true number. And they go, oh, you lied? No, no. That's first-time marriages. It's only true for first-time marriages. Second-time marriages, it's in, the, it's, it's in the 60 percentile. By the time you get to the fifth marriage, it's in the 90 percentile. We don't learn from our mistakes. It gets worse, not better. Because we keep saying, well, it's, I keep picking the wrong ones. No, you don't. You're the wrong one. <laughs> so you've got to be willing to get deeply curious. So you've got to have the courage and the curiosity together. Now, Put those two into business, put those two into leadership, and you're going to just explode as a leader because you want innovation in your business, but innovation does not take place without crisis and curiosity. There's no innovation in boom time. It doesn't happen. There's tinkering in boom time. But when there's a, when there's a bear market, you go, oh, my God, we got to do something. And that only works if you are willing to become curious and have the courage to question your assumptions. So that's what it nails down to. Those are the top three things you can do in your life that will dramatically impact your leadership and they will dramatically impact your leadership and you can allow them to dramatically impact your life. This is your life, no one else's. So get the priorities in line with the values. Get the courage to ask the people you love, care about, or you have in the priorities to tell you the truth about how you're really doing. And by the way, Bite your tongue. Do not reply. Do not go, yeah, but, 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 but. No, there is no buts. The only but is on your back. Forget it. Get rid of it. Doesn't matter. Ask and then question your assumptions that are getting you the results you don't want. Those are the three key pieces I will give you to start 2023 with and kick ass all year on because the thing about those three things is they allow you to adjust your trajectory every single day. Absolutely incredible. I mean, you, 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 you crushed it again in a positive way in terms of you did exactly these three key things that I think will make an absolute amazing impact into people, which I think is awesome. What this reminded me of is, I don't know if you've ever been to despair.com. If anyone wants a little bit of humor, go to demotivational.com or despair.com. And there's this chain link and it makes fun of like the success things that are out there. And ironically, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in positive, you know, Measuring success, right? You know, we talked about these things today. How, how do you measure success? But what's interesting is there's this great quote in this, and, and, and it says, the, it has a broken link, okay? And it had a wrestling link. This is what's the, the common link between all your dysfunctional relationships is you. You are the common denominator of every relationship you'll ever have or ever had. So stop looking at them because the, the answer's in the mirror. That's right. 
right. And it's got your eyes. <laughs> and hopefully you know the color of your own eyes. <laughs> Most people don't. You know that? Most people don't. I Very do not few know that. People will look in the mirror and look in their eyes. I challenge you, Carl. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yep. To go tomorrow morning when you're getting ready in the morning to actually look yourself in the eyes and see if you can hold eye contact for more than 15 seconds. I'll be shocked if you can. Most people look in the mirror. They never look in their eyes. Wow. Women who put on eye makeup don't look in their own eyes. It's fascinating. There's great research on it. But when you look in your own eyes and you say your own name with love, with compassion, looking in the mirror, you fire off oxytocin in your brain that allows you to bond with yourself and connect. Very powerful. Bit of neuroscience right on the end. Little cherry on the top. <laughs> Absolutely perfect, Dove. Thank you so much for providing your wisdom. I, I hope all the listeners here are going to get fired up with this knowledge that you provided. And these are not easy things. Nope. Simple, but not easy. Simple, but not easy. But the, I know you, you know this because you've been doing this throughout your career. When you do these things, it can radically change your life. It will radically change your life. There's no doubt about it. Right. And you will be a better human being and you will like you a heck of a lot better. That's right. Dove, thank you so much for being on. You have right there, if you're watching online, dovebaron.com can get a hold of you. Are there other places you'd recommend to connect with you? Just go to dovebaron.com or go to Google and put in D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N. There's only me. And you'll find a thousand videos on YouTube. You'll find my articles on Medium under Cur The Curious Leader. My podcasts, I have two podcasts. I'm everywhere, so it's not difficult. Now, he's truly one of the best, and, and we just are so grateful to have you on the show to be twice on our 100th episode. And thank so thank you so much for doing that today, Dove. And, and uh, once again, to ever, all of our listeners, we appreciate you. Once again, we appreciate Thank you for getting us to 100 episodes. We can't wait to get through to our next 100 episodes. We're in this for the long haul. So with that, wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success Podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.